From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. You've heard us say time and time again on the podcast that relationships thrive with intentionality. In previous episodes, we've talked about making time for our friends and making time for our spouse. Now, we're talking about how to make time for your kids. We're not talking about the kind of time where you drive your kids where they have to be or spend time watching their sporting events or band concerts or even volunteering at their school. We're talking about real relationship and real connection. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. We're asking our friends of the show, what is your favorite thing to do with your kids? I like to go outdoors with my kids, whether it's biking, hiking, uh, going to a park, or just some sort of outdoor activity, a beach, a lake, anything like that, as well as finding new cuisines or going out to eat. Having a teenager and a tween of opposite genders, it's something we have in common. So here's my thing about what I love to do with my kids. I couldn't decide between read-alouds, which... I just find that when we're stressed out or when we're having a hard day, if we sit down and we get lost in a story together, it's just so unifying. Like we naturally all end up kind of cuddling or talking about things that we've read about or whatever. So whether it's literature that we love, whether it's even um, a history book, we love reading um, Child's History of the World that those things just tend to like unify us. So that's one of my favorite things. My other new favorite thing is driving with them because we haven't had a car for seven years. And so I am finding it is so fun for all of us to be in our suburban and sing the music or talk about things. And it's just us. And I don't know, it's just been a really sweet connection time. I was kind of dreading that when we moved here and um, I've just been so pleasantly surprised at how much fun it is. And I don't know, I have them all restrained in seatbelts and I'm enjoying having them, you know, available just to talk about things or sing or just be silly. And we're getting, we're making lots of memories and doing random stops by coffee, drive through coffee places to get hot chocolates and like things like that, that are, it's just a fun new, new rhythm for us. So those two things. Hey, Kimberly, this is Tammy Mashburn. I love that question. I write over at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y-L, Mashburn, M-A-S-H-B, as in boy, U-R-N.com. And I have adult children. We are empty nesters. And as empty nesters, the thing I love to do today with my adult children is to just sit down across the table from them, minus the grandchildren, just the two of us and um, over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or whatever and just let them share their life to just ask the questions um, that leading questions that um, that they will answer and just share life together what's going on in their life what they're struggling with what they might um, be looking for in um, in words of wisdom or how I might have done something you know, 20, 30 years ago when I was um, their age. And I, I love that. I absolutely love it. And I also love it with my uh, my daughters in love, I like to call them. Um, I have two daughters-in-law, and 
just to sit side by side or sit with them at the table and just give them space to talk about their life and to give them my presence to listen. I, I absolutely adore that with all of our adult children and then with our um, with our daughter-in-laws too, especially. So I just wanted to share that with you. Thanks. Oh, we're so glad that um, everyone chimed in. It's wonderful to have different viewpoints. Absolutely. All right. So um, again, as I mentioned earlier, we've talked about spending time with friends. We've talked about spending time with our husbands, but how do you make time for your kids? And this was something that um, I had to figure out really early on because I have three kids. They're two years apart. So you can imagine at one point I had three kids under the age of five. um, And as they got older, it seemed like they each wanted more of me, which I didn't know how to give. And I realized that nobody was getting just one-on-one time with me. And it was hard with three kids to figure out how the heck do you do that? Like everybody, you know, it's not like I could just sit and snuggle with one. The other one would want to come up and snuggle too. It's not like I could, you know, do things with them that was special to them because the other ones always wanted to be a part of it. And most of the time it was me with the three of them all the time. And then even with my girls, my two oldest, um, I'd often group them together for many things. So a girl's day meant me and the two girls. It didn't mean Uh me and one of the girls. And so I felt like everything was getting muddled and I wanted to have a real connection with them kind of foreseeing the future and knowing that as they get older, that that was really important to sort of have in place so that as they got older, it wasn't awkward for them, for me to take them out to lunch one day and be like, so let's talk about the birds and the bees or so what's going on with you. And then be like, where is this coming from? Mom, this is really weird. Take me home. (laughs) I mean, that was kind of the impetus for all this was that I didn't want to wake up one day and try to have a relationship for them and then be like, you never talked to me before. Why are you trying to talk to me now? And so when they were younger, I started to try to figure out how I could hang with them, connect with them, get to know them as people, as individual from just being my kids. Mm. So that's what we're talking about. And, and that's really personally why it's so important to me. Um, so what kind of experience have, have you guys had? Cause I know both of you have, um, Kimberly, you have three kids, Elise, you have four, like what it was your experience with, um, getting to know them as people. Mm. That's a great question. Really great question. I'm still getting to know them as people. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone's experience is so different um, because I, my kids are just, they're really kind of low maintenance kids, two of them, especially my youngest, not, not as much, but um, they're low maintenance. Like their love language is not time together. So they really, um, even when they were little, never had a huge interest in spending time with mom. Like that was not a special thing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and even, and we did because I was a stay at home mom, um, and still am really, um, we have spent an enormous amount of time together, the three of us, especially because we were moving and there's, you know, when you, when you move a lot, you tend to um, rely on each other more because you're all you have for a, a time until you get to know other people. Um, so I think they're like circumstantially, we were drawn together in ways that we wouldn't normally have been because, you know, we've moved abroad and, and had those experiences together and, um, and only had each other for a lot of that. And we did a lot of traveling. So for us, 
um, traveling was a way to connect with our kids mm-hmm. because we were experiencing something together. And um, there was no outside force kind of entering yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. But that that wasn't very individualized, you know. So it was all three of the kids and my husband and I together. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of, you know, for me, just me as a mom connecting with my kids, I've kind of had to find um, different ways for each of them because, you know, they, they have not historically wanted to spend a ton of time together doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I tried to kind of, when they were really little, I tried to find, um, something that was of their particular interest and sort of tack myself onto that. So I had one kid who was a huge reader, just massive reader. So we would do a lot of stuff at the library together. But typically I would have the other kids there as well. But, we, you know, I would say, well, we're going, you know, specifically for Ethan because he wants to look up books on X, Y, Z. Or we would do with each of them. I always did classes like story time um, or I would, you know, go on their field trips just with them and try and leave Mm -hmm. the other kids, you know, with a sitter or if they were in school. um, Just so they would have that special time. And like my youngest, she's. She enjoys cooking. Well, I do not enjoy cooking. I hate cooking, actually. um, (laughs) I haven't been really great at teaching my kids how to cook, but um, we just, I just picked one thing that the two of us could make easily together. We make chocolate chip muffins and we used to do it every week, just the two of us, Mm -hmm. and we'd make them for for her brother and sister. So um, that was just one little way to connect with her in something that she enjoyed. And, um, you know, and those things that all of that stuff was when they were little, I've had to change quite a bit as they've gotten older. Yeah. You know, I can totally relate to what you said about, um, kind of the group mentality in a bubble thing. Like when you're mm-hmm. talking about like travel, like traveling, but also being abroad. Um, <clears throat> there was a couple summers in a row when we would rent a beach house, um, for a week or two or three. And I would go down in the summer and, my husband would would work and come down on the weekends, but just kind of removing ourselves from the everyday and being in this home with no distractions. And, you know, I still had to do a little bit of shopping, still had to do a little bit of groceries, but it was something different about it. Like I literally could focus my time and my attention and my energy on them. And it didn't feel like I was juggling all this stuff because we were in this bubble and it was a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've done the bubble thing. I think that I think traveling, though it is not meeting an individual's uh, needs, unless you're, you know, doing something in in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but traveling for a family is a great way of connecting. And we did um, a cross country trip that was forty days and forty nights, and it was the two, my husband and I, of course, and our three children. Um, the oldest was in eighth grade at the time, so 13, and the youngest was, um, I believe, about eight years old. And it was actually a perfect time. And there was a total bubble because we were just in this van, not mm-hmm. even an RV or anything. <laughs> um, and we had a TV, like we didn't have one that was in the car, but we um, hooked one up. And we were only allowed to watch that TV if I think the I think we had to be on a five or more hour trip in the car in order to turn that on because wow. we did not want this to be I know people are so not used to that anymore but we yeah. didn't even have, we didn't have cable with my kids growing up so we didn't really have tv um right. but 
and that that's another way of connecting. Don't have a TV. Um, But yeah, so I think the bubble travel is awesome. And I kind of, even today with my grown children, if we are going someplace like someplace, you know, together for Thanksgiving or whatever, I just love that, that bubble time, that connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, when our kids turned seven, um, actually when we had really little kids, I think we only had two at the time. Um, a friend of ours who had four children, she was just a bit ahead of us in the child rearing phase. Um, she had, she told us that when there's a significant shift, when your children turn seven, Mm -hmm. that that age seems to be very pivotal in terms of them sort of pulling away, becoming, you know, more themselves, um, socially, they, you know, they're more interested in, in socializing rather than spending time with your, with their parents. And so she, um, for her four boys, every time one of them turned seven, she would take that child alone on a trip of their choice. Mm. Mm. So nice. I love that. A couple days. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So we ended up, um, as soon as my husband heard that, he just, he thought that was a brilliant idea. And, um, when, so for each of our kids, when they turned seven, they got to choose where they wanted to go with mom and dad. And um, they had a trip, you know, all the had us to themselves. And it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful memories of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I started doing with my kids um, when they were younger, and I'm so glad um, because it's one of those things that scales. So it transitions like as they're getting older is um, taking them out to lunch. So I started taking each of them out to lunch once a month. I pick them up from school. They have an hour, half an hour recess, half an hour lunch. We go. And it's been really fun in terms of, you know, every year I kind of tell their teacher, like, at the back-to-school night. So once a month we go to lunch and just want to let you know. So when you get a note, you don't think this is weird or whatever. And, you know, we've even had some of the teachers come with us which I don't know wow. if they're supposed to do, but, um, you know, one, one year there was this teacher, we just kept seeing her. Like it was whatever day we went was like, she, we'd run into her out at a restaurant. And then one time she just sat with us and it was so wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, a few years back, another, uh, teacher that we had become close with because we were, you know, going through some ups and downs in the year and had gotten close with her resolving some issues. We, we went out to, you know, she mm-hmm. went out on one of our lunch dates and it was so, mm-hmm. it was just so nice. And, and, um, my kids know, like the kids expect it. They're like, when are we going out to lunch? Because they know that it's the time that they get to pick the restaurant. Um, we get to spend time together. And, um, one of the things I do now, um, is they have a, they have a budget they have to work within. So I give them a certain amount of money and it's enough for them to, you know, pretty much go have a good lunch, but not enough that they can just go wherever they want. So we can't go for sushi every month, but we can go for pizza one month and sushi the next. And so I've used it as an opportunity, um, shameless plug here, to teach your kids about money. Um, We've talked about this in a previous episode. I've used it as an opportunity where they have, like, it's... It's more than just going out to lunch. It's where do mm-hmm. I want to go? How do I manage my money? Maybe next month, mommy, we can go to a restaurant where we have to pay a tip because now we have extra money in the envelope. Like, it's been a fun thing for us to do. Yeah, um, that's great. And, like, it's evolved as they've mm-hmm. gotten older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's definitely evolved in our family as the kids have gotten older um, because their activities no longer involve me. It's basically me just dropping them places. Mm. Right. So, um I've had to really utilize the time that we spend in the car. Mm -hmm. I've got a captive audience. It's amazing. And typically I don't have 
another kid in the car. It's usually one-on-one because, you know, none of the other ones want to tag along for a pickup. So, yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> so that really has become the time when I have the deeper conversations with my kids. It It's good for them because they don't have to look you in the eye. So, right. you know, it's kind of, you're a little distracted by driving. They typically, you know, put whatever music they want on the radio. It's light, it's easy. And, and I'm always surprised by the things that they bring up, mm. um, you know, or things that come up in conversation. And I don't, I don't um, use that as a, typically, unless there's something I really need to address, I don't use that as a time for me to sort of grill them. Uh, I just let it be a natural place of conversation for us. And that right, has right. been um, incredible really, really good to kind of figure out what's going on in their hearts and their minds and, um, you know, address things that they don't necessarily want to say in front of their, their brother and sister or that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they get home, you know, yeah. once they get home and they're distracted with homework and what have you. Right. Not going to have a, those conversations again. Right. It can really be a download time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and as you say, sometimes they're not really interested in speaking, but sometimes they're gushing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, where did that come from? And thank you, God, because it's amazing yeah. um, the level of connection that's occurred in, in maybe even in just a few minutes. Yeah. And of course, you know, I, I have older children, but I did things with them when they were younger. I think about, um, I didn't do the lunch idea. I think that's great, Kimberly. I love mm-hmm. that. That is but great. But definitely um, different kids liked very, very different things. And one of the things I could always count on for my daughter, Farrell, was shopping. Like, we, we loved to, even grocery shopping. She enjoyed. So, um, you know, we would do that and we would also do clothes shopping. And also to, today, um, we always shared a love of food and my daughter's very much of a foodie. So, um, if we, if we can go out to a nice meal, that's a very good connecting time for the two of us. We had this little team and I think I played two games because leg I had you know, one of those bruises, the size bigger than the, the soccer ball. And I fell on my hip at the same time. So I kind of was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for it and I'm not yeah. good at it. And I'm going to really hurt myself. And quite frankly, I'd rather hurt myself playing something that I really like, like tennis, for example. <laughs> but at least I tried and I tried to be extremely supportive and drive all the places because, um, Kimberly, as we talked about on another episode about club soccer. Oh yes, we did club soccer. And, you know, sometimes that was an overnight. So that was kind of a way of meeting my daughter, Katie, Amelia, our youngest, I would have to say, um, you know, maybe got a little short shrift when I think about it, but I certainly was doing the field trips and, um, Also, she was an entrepreneur from the time she was like five years old. So I think one of the ways I supported her was to really support that entrepreneurship. She had, she had a, um, a little shop on Saturdays outside our, on our driveway with a friend called the pit stop coffee shop. And literally like for a couple of years there, she had, you know, fresh squeezed lemonade, coffee, scones. They even got a gig making some baked goods for, um, one of the local churches, men's group. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying probably this is, I, I, I said five, maybe, you know, that's a little too young. Philadelphia and, um, being of course with my grandchildren, but Lauren and I have, um, gotten not in the habit cause it can't happen that much. Cause she's a very, very busy mom, 
uh, and also an entrepreneur. And um, but we have very long, interesting phone conversations, and we really connect. Um, and you know, the other day the phone conversation started with, "Oh my gosh, what does it take for me to get through?" For I was saying that, of course, as the bad mom. And um, she said, well, part of the problem is I know I'm going to want to talk for a long time, so I don't, I can't call you back until I know I can do that. So oh. it's been a reconnecting point and it's really been rich. Yeah. Um, so, Wonderful. you know, yeah. you know, you do what you, I guess the point is that you sort of bloom where everybody's planted, you know, and you mm-hmm. figure out, especially again, as, as a mom of kids who are older and live in different places, how are we going to keep a connection going? I also have one daughter who seriously is amazing about calling me, um, uh, pretty much every week. And, um, so I, you know, it's always with, well, actually two of them do that, but there's always a lot of wind cause they're on their way to something, but Hey, whatever. I ah. appreciate the call. Yeah. You take what you can get, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You guys both mentioned finding, um, something that they're interested in and coming alongside it. I've done that with my kids again. Um, when they were little, it, uh, my one daughter wanted to do a book club, so I hosted mm-hmm. a book club for her, but that also meant that I was kind of invested in the book that was that month. Um, so I would read with her, and we'd read it together, and um, and then also now she's older now, and she does a cooking club, and so that's something that, I mean, I always enjoyed cooking. I didn't, I n- it never really bothered me, um, but I've gotten into it a lot more now. <laughs> Um, I'm not cooking adverse like Kimberly Cole. Right. Right. <laughs> but when she took an interest in it, I took a bigger interest in it. And now we host a cooking club. And part of what we do together is create a menu and let's go through some cookbooks and let's set up and get it ready for everybody. And so finding something that they already like, like not coming up with something new, not feeling like I need to like yeah. reinvent the wheel, but just mm-hmm. what is it that you enjoy and coming alongside that, I think is a great way to connect with them. And then, yeah. You know, that. doing something with it and around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I typically try to, when I'm, um, you know, when we're in, the, when I'm in the car with one of the kids, I typically will try to tack on something that I think they'll enjoy. I mean, of his favorite places to go and to treat him to that once a week is, you know, it's really sweet to have just that those extra few minutes with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point too. I, I mean, I love, um, you know, intention and thoughtfulness and the cooking club and, and, uh, book club sound amazing. I think I had a book club with one meeting with one of my daughters. <laughs> I remember, and you know, we all loved it as moms and as daughters, but just didn't go and go beyond that. But that would be Kimberly Amici versus me. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. But, um, yeah, but I'm like, give me a form and a formula and I will work that formula. Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I, but I also think it's really important to remember how simple it can be. It can be literally like, you know, the point is I see you, mm-hmm. I see you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to know you. I value who you are. You are an individual as well as one of my kids. Um, and you know, a, a donut at Dunkin' Donuts is perfect for that. Absolutely. A slice of pizza, whatever. <clears throat> Something very simple, uh, you know, a, I remember, it's interesting, um, I remember my my sister and I used to meet with my father for breakfast, which my father was very, very good at connecting one-on-one. He always made a point of that from, from way back when I was a young teenager, I can remember that, and it was such a blessing for my father to take the time to take me out to dinner 
um, in those teen years and know me was just incredible. And so anyway, years go on and my sister and I used to have breakfast with him fairly regularly. And then one day he said, I don't want to have breakfast with both of you. I want to have breakfast with each of you. And it was like, oh, all right, that's not what we've been doing. But it was because when my sister and I would get together, we'd like talk over each other and be sort of vying for my father's attention in mm-hmm. our own special adult way. I mean, we were probably in our 40s. I'm talking about when we were in our 40s. Um, and and he wanted that time, that one-on-one time. So that's what we started doing. We started Instead of coming together, it would be my turn one week and my sister's turn the next week. And it was very, at first we were kind of like, all right, whatever. And then it was like, oh, it's because he really cares about who we are and our relationship one-on-one. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a really rich and worthwhile thing mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's neat with, um, even what you mentioned Kimberly, you're talking about, right? you know, often you'll stop at Dunkin' Donuts and you're talking about the breakfast and, and some of the things that I've done. I think especially for younger children to have an expectation and to be able to count on that is really mm-hmm. important for them. Like they yeah. may know that, like, I didn't get a chance to talk to mom all week, but we're going to lunch, you know, at the end of the week and I can look forward to that and I know it's coming. And to know that you know, that consistency, I think just gives them a sense of security, um, as well. So I definitely think to keep your eye open for impromptu and spontaneous opportunities to connect with them, but just the simple things you can set in motion that are something they can count on that can be your thing is really, um, I think, um, gratifying for them and like satisfying or just, I don't know how to describe it, but give the, gives them a sense of security. That, yeah, yeah, you see them. For sure, for sure. Right. Yeah, this right. year I started with my youngest. Um, she's the one who is more of a, uh, wants to process more emotionally with me, whereas the other two couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> she she particularly, I mean, the minute she gets on the bus after school, I start getting texts. Mom, oh, this happened. Oh. I'm upset about it. I'll have to take, take that up with the Board of Education. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I... So what I started doing with her was giving her, I offered her one day a week. I said, pick your, your hardest day at school, the one that you look forward to the least. And that's the day when I'll come pick you up at school. You can avoid the whole bus ride home and we'll go, you know, we'll stop at Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, wherever, sometimes Starbucks. Um, and, and that's, that's your family like donuts. (laughs) what's funny is we don't even get donuts when we go there like my son gets a sandwich and I get a drink yeah um but she so we'll sometimes get donuts yes Mm. (laughs) so um so that's our thing and that is the the one thing that she can count on every week that she can look forward to on her tough day is that mom's going to pick me up today and then we'll have a little bit of time together and um and it's been really great because it's actually made the other days a little bit easier and typically I, if I'm out and about, I will, um, I'll stop by and pick her up at school anyway, um, at another point during the week, but that's yeah. never, you know, that's never a guarantee. I can't be sure that I'm going to, you know, have that time mm-hmm. to do that because I count on that bus ride typically right. to get my work done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's an extra hour of that. I'm able to, to get work done. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she has that one day and, and, oh, I, love and I look forward to it too. I mean, it's really, it's yeah. been sweet for me. That's awesome. Yeah. And when I first started looking at my schedule and being very intentional about putting my non-negotiables in there, um, 
one of the things that I decided on was creating my weekly menu like on a Friday night and ordering groceries on a Friday night. And I started ordering groceries pretty consistently when I started working again because I needed the time to work and the, the small fee that it cost to have somebody else shop for me and pick it up was worth it because then I could, you know, less Absolutely. juggling, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I would order my groceries on a Friday night and every Saturday morning, my daughter knew that she, when we got up in the morning, we'd have breakfast and then she would come with me. And um, one of the things Carrie suggested, my coach, she said, why don't you piggyback this non-negotiable, this spending time and connecting with your children individually, why don't you piggyback that on something you have to do every week anyways? And right. so she would, I'd be like, at first she was like, why would I want to do that? And then it became her thing. She's like, if she saw me ask anyone else to go with her, like if it was like a different day of the week, she'd be like, that's my thing. I'm like, really? Okay. Get in the car. So we would go and we would pull in, pick up the groceries. They'd load up the car. And then we went to a second grocery store to get our lunch meat. And then if we had time, we'd stop maybe for a hot chocolate at Starbucks, but just the car ride over there, sit and talk, load up the groceries, go online, order our lunch meat, like just that time that she could count. So now she's my go-to, you know, seasons change, soccer season. She has practiced on Saturday mornings. So maybe, you know, we're not doing that right now, but but we always get back to it. It's always something that I go, oh, baby, let's do it this weekend. And she's totally fine with it because that's her thing. That's her time to get me by herself, by myself, when she doesn't have siblings listening to what she's talking to me about. So even running errands, something that you already have to do that you're already doing to somehow include them in it is, is mm-hmm. kind of an easy way to create consistency and it can be fun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, One thing that I did that I wanted to mention that's not necessarily physically spending time with each other, but a little while back, I kind of wrote in these journals for each of my kids and um, wrote to them and then asked them questions and they would write back to me. And we kind of do this back and forth thing where they can write anything that they're thinking or any, like sometimes they'll ask me questions. I mean, the questions that my son asked me are quite interesting. Um, you know, mommy, what would you do if you were to choose between this or what would you do if you had this situation? Like they're, they're so hysterical and he'll drop pictures with them. And even though they're not, we're not in person spending time together, it's kind of a safe place for them to like say what they would never say to me in person sometimes. And even mm-hmm. my daughter, who I thought was so, so amazing that at her, at her age could articulate this, she said, this is a great place for to ask you questions I might be embarrassed to ask you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, you get it, you get it. And, um, you know, again, just like anything else, sometimes it's more consistent than others. And every once in a while I'll be like, hey, sorry, I haven't written you. I'm going to write you back this weekend. And it's just kind of this back and forth thing that they can count on. Um which has been kind of neat because you kind of get an opportunity to get inside their head. I mean, we've talked about the power of writing before where, um, once you get writing, things just flow and the things that go down on paper are certainly things you might not say. So that's been fun. Mm-hmm. That was really great. Nice. Yeah. I had a grand plan to do a journal for my daughter. Uh, I was going to take my oldest because she's leaving for college in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I was going to take this, um, this last year of her her last year at home and, um, just, you know, compile little notes and quotes and whatever, and what have you. And, um, just for her. And, um, I didn't do it. 
So. <laughs> I'm feeling really bad about that right now, actually. Oh, no. Uh, I have Aww. the journal. I have the idea. I have the journal. But part of me, part of what's stopping me, I think, is because um, she's not the kind of person who would actually appreciate that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, Some, that's hard. It's, it's just hard. hard. You know, they would, I just know that for her to actually sit down and read something that I wrote would be a strain on her. <laughs> so, yeah. I we don't want to strain them. No. We're strain them out. with love. Let's not, yeah. let's not push the love too hard. Yeah, right. But I wonder if you're like me. Like, I have one daughter who, like, is like, yeah, that's nice, Mom. And then the other daughter is like, where's my letter? Are you going to write something for me? Are you going to make something for me? Like, she, you know, I did this project for my daughter when she turned 13. I had all of the women that I thought were, you know, role models in her life or people that she's known to kind of, like, write this letter about coming into adulthood. And and she, like, looked at it and was like, is that my present? And I'm like, yes, that's your present. I've been working on it for a month. Um, but I know my other daughter is going to be like, when do I get my book? When do I get my book? When yes. do I get my book? So, yeah. Yeah. I for mean, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference in personality there for sure. Like my Absolutely. youngest would love it. The one yeah. who yeah. wants to process everything. Like she yeah. would love that because it's all about her and everything. I was thinking about her. Mm-hmm. The oldest. No. Yeah. Well, no. you mentioned previously in the, um, in the beginning of the podcast, um, love and this is us. <laughs> No, I have not. I can't yeah. watch that show. It's too, I got enough emotion happening around my own house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need that. I know. Noelle loves it. Well, I can't I can't put myself through it. I saw three episodes and I'm like, this is too Me too. I know. I made it through three and I was like, this is way too much emotion for what I mean to just piggyback on top of what I already have going on. Yeah. I yeah. only watch things that aren't real life. Like well, I, I, I tend to be the same way. Honestly, I do. But um, I do like I do like This Is Us. And she is talking about she talked about that the last episode I watched you know, <laughs> just feeling like, Oh my gosh, really? This uh, is what I've done my whole life. I've the beauty of the five love languages is for me, it really made me realize, Oh, okay. So I love out of my need to be loved. Like I love out of the way I feel love mm-hmm. and my children don't necessarily receive that. So I have to, I had to really think about that and probably still do need to think about that. But, um, yeah, because, uh, um, I don't think acts of service is up there. Thank God. My husband is the one who gives acts of service, does not ask for them. Although he hasn't made some simple requests that might be considered. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Another conversation, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I I had to explain to my kids. um, I have a child who constantly tells me, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. And she's constantly comparing what I do for the other ones to what I do for her. And and I've had to say to her, like, I, it's my job to parent you guys differently because you're so different. And what I do for one is not going to work for the other. And how I love you. I said, I love you all the same, but I don't, I love you differently. The, how I express my love, how I express my love is different. And she's, she's literally telling you that. I mean, because part of her makeup Mm -hmm. is to imagine she's a second child being one myself. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, yeah. So I've had to say like, if you need something from me, just tell me what you need. Because if you see me doing something for another child, like it's, I want to love you. I want to express my love to you in a way that meets your needs. And you can't look at what I'm doing with your older sister or your younger brother. Um, and so, like, love languages is such a big part of that. 
Like what yeah. matters to you? Number one, so I'm not spinning my wheels, but number two, so that your needs are getting met. Right. Um, and then right. you don't have to compare yourself anymore because there's no reason to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Elise, what is your challenge for us this week? Well, I was thinking that um, for those of us who have children, um, to think about each one of our children's passions and decide on something intentional that we can do with each of them in the next month. And again, it can be as simple as driving them to and fro. I'm going to make sure that we stop off at their favorite place, or um, I'm going to make sure that I um, follow up on an important event in their lives that um, I might not normally with, with, you know, a phone call or a card or a text. And if you don't have children, um, then we can still think about how we want to basically bless somebody and think about something intentional to do in one of your other relationships that will just um, let them know, I see you, I know you, and I care about you. Yeah, that's great. This can be applied to many relationships. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's it for today. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share this podcast with someone that you think will love it. It's how we get out the word about slices of life. You can find everything we talked about in the show notes. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at circlesoffaith.org where you'll receive additional content, resources delivered right to your inbox. You can also find us on social media as Circles of Faith. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way and help helping others find us. Thank you.